Hey guys, today's show is brought to you by one of our newest and favorite sponsors, and that is Photo IQ. Photo IQ offers digital photography online courses like none other of its kind. Okay, it's explained simply, concisely. There's no jargon, no overcomplications, and there are lessons for from beginner to intermediate photographer from ages 13 and up. It's the only digital photography course of its kind that offers online um, quizzes, personal feedback. You get to upload your your homework, and it'll help you build your own portfolio. It's going to be more in depth than anything you've probably taken in high school, and even if you took some like freshman level courses in college. Okay, and you can do this all socially distance from home you know we're all stuck in our houses under these uh lockdown restrictions and you know some of your schools aren't open well this is a great way to learn a new skill maybe develop an alternate source of income and get that side gig starting to sort of free yourself up so what i need you to do is go to photoiq.co and use the promo code fiction to get you 10% off. He offers a 30-day money-back guarantee. You got nothing to lose. So ditch those pathetic sunset pictures you guys have been taking. Go to photoiq.co, use promo code FICTION, and start learning how to take anything from camera basics, still life, food, landscapes, portraits, black and white, action photos, everything that you could possibly imagine. He's got a course for it. It's going to be better than anything you can find on YouTube. So go to photoiq.co and use promo code FICTION. All right, let's get on with the show. Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceilings does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. Well, congratulations, debate committee, commission, whatever the hell you call yourselves, presidential debate commission. You successfully made debates relatively boring again, even though nothing is truly boring when you have Donald Trump up on stage. But you you muted the microphones. I think it actually worked in his favor. He had a much better showing this time around. But man, it wasn't nearly as entertaining to watch as the original shit show of a debate that we all came to to know and love with Trump just pestering Biden the entire time and, and getting into arguments with the moderator. He was it was a completely different Donald Trump up on stage and just a a really bad performance from Joe Biden. I, the the more I um yeah, I watched it this morning, I couldn't watch it live actually which was unfortunate because I was kind of looking forward to doing that and tweeting out and everything. But basically what happened was a a friend, a family friend of mine who also has a a condo here wanted to use my grill. I have like a little Weber grill that you can grill uh, stuff on the beach if you want. And he wanted to grill up some steaks for his, uh, his wife and her mom. 
and he invited me since he was using the grill he invited me over for for dinner basically and i i cooked the steaks for him and then went up there for a nice meal and a few bottles of wine and it just it ran kind of late and i just i missed the the whole debate so I watched it this morning, and it is fresh in my mind. Initially, I was like, okay, you know, he kind of made it out of that, all right. But when I was preparing the, the clips and everything from the show, I, I just, whew, did he get crushed in some of these clips? He, he got rocked pretty good several times by Donald Trump. The most memorable n- moments of the night all belonged to Donald Trump. Nothing Biden did was remotely memorable, except for the few gaffes that he had when he called Trump, uh, Abraham Lincoln, and when he said we had a, a good relationship with Hitler, he had a couple senior moments where he just really uh, bit the dust. But other than that, just forgetful, rambling answers. And Donald Trump, I think, won this handedly. The new debate format where they shut the mics off after you speak for two minutes is a way of getting back to the old, more typical debate that you would see between two regular politicians. It's sort of a way of neutralizing the Trumpian X factor, except that I I think it really helped. It fixed all the problems that I identified with Trump's first debate performance that I thought really cost him a lot in that first one. And if he had had three debates like this, I, I think he'd have a much better chance of, of pulling out this election. But anyway, welcome back, everybody. This is the Peddling Fiction Podcast, and I, of course, am your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita. Hope everybody enjoyed the debate, and as you can tell, this will be a debate recap episode of the final debate before the most important presidential election of our lifetimes, right? As I said, I think Donald Trump really had his best showing by far, and Biden's was just really, really bad. I mean, not as bad as I was ever expecting going into these debates. Like, I thought... If he ever took the debate stage, it would be like the last half of this debate where he started to really fall apart would be his entire debate performance. And it would just be an unmitigated disaster. It was not that bad for Joe Biden, but it was pretty bad. It it was pretty bad. He had a lot of really bad moments. And we're going to get into all of that today. And I think I'll probably just dive right into it. Not much else to talk about. I, I Remember, I will be on the Lions of Liberty podcast Monday. I'm recording that later later this afternoon, this evening at like 6 o'clock. It's now Friday afternoon. And so th- this episode will probably drop after I record that with him, uh, with Mark Clare. And I, I'm really excited about that. It's I, I love Mark Claire. I love the Lions of Liberty, and I haven't really done any other podcast before, so it, I think it's going to be fun. It's exciting to do something new, and hopefully, uh, hopefully it doesn't suck. So, <laughs> anyway, let, let's get into the debate stuff, shall we? I'll, I'll go in order of the the topics that they talked about since it's still pretty fresh in my mind. They um they started out, of course, with the the COVID nineteen stuff, and this was just the same tired, played out talking points that both of these candidates have. You know, it's 220,000 people have died. It's all Trump's fault. He doesn't have a comprehensive plan. If we just wear this mask, we can save 100,000 lives. That's Biden, right? Oh, he he did say that 200,000 more people are going to die by the end of the year. I would love to have to hold him to that number because it's almost November. That means that we're going to lose 100,000 people in the next uh, 
every month for the rest of the year? I doubt it. I highly doubt it. Even with your bullshit COVID numbers where people die of a fucking heart attack with COVID and you blame it on COVID. There's no way 200,000 more people are going to die in the next two months. I, I highly doubt that. He keeps trying to hit Trump for not having a comprehensive plan. Whatever that means. Like anytime you hear the word comprehensive plan, you know that they don't like that. That's just code for no plan at all. Like nothing will get done because comprehensive is code for like we're not going to do anything. Nobody ever asks Joe Biden what his plan is other other than like a mask mandate. He's like, I'm going to make sure everyone wears a mask. It's like, OK, um, places are already doing that. You could have like Trump could have referenced all of these charts that have shown that the masks are like there's there's no correlation between wearing a mask and the number of cases spikes in cases hospitalizations anything like that of course trump is incapable of making that case but i I mean what would joe biden actually do differently than what we've already done and you know they just keep going back and forth you know like trump's like i locked down china he's months behind me he called me xenophobic, which is all true. He said he didn't, and he absolutely did. Like, we have the fucking tweets. It's just, <laughs> it, I mean, maybe Joe Biden just doesn't remember any of these things because there were, like, several instances throughout this debate where he's like, I never said that. And then he's like, play the tape. And it's just like, all right, dude, here's the tape. But really, like, what what would he do? Di- what's his comprehensive plan other than like, we're going to make sure everybody gets the money they need. We're going to make sure people wear a mat. Like, that's a comprehensive plan. Uh, okay, we already fucking spent $6 trillion on this. Everybody's got masks. Everybody's got ventilators. The hospitals weren't overrun. Like, what, what else do you want? So I don't know. I just I find his whole position on this to be abhorrent. I still think Trump has the better argument here. And I mean, obviously, that's my bias because I agree with it, that you can't lock down the country forever. He still, you know, he didn't really make the case as well as he could have. Trump is just not good at making the case. But I mean, he had a couple good good points in there. It's like, you know, I I can't we can't just all stay locked in a basement like Joe does. Joe, you know, has made a bunch of money someplace and he can he can afford to just sit in a basement all day. The rest of us, you know, we need to get back to work. We need to earn a living. We need to live our lives. I mean, that's the right answer. But he didn't, you know, he didn't reference any the World Health Organization flip-flopping on this, you know, uh, saying that the lockdowns are not a solution. Nothing like that. They, even the, the recent uh, mask stuff coming out, saying that those, you know, aren't as effective as as people claim that they are. There's a lot of data or studies that he could have referenced and, you know, appeal to authority that plays really well with the the lemmings watching these presidential debates that I I just thought it was a missed opportunity. And and Trump, you know, they, they mentioned some of the negative effects of locking things down, but they never talk about the millions of people that are going to die because of these lockdowns. They never, they're like, oh, there's more alcohol and, and uh, domestic abuse and divorces and, and suicides. It's like, okay, but there are like literally millions of people that are going to die of cancer because they're not getting their uh, preventative screenings and things like that. There's tens of millions of children that are being forced into starvation. They're going to die. I mean, th- these lockdowns are fucking terrible. And Trump, just doesn't make the case strong enough for how bad they are and how detrimental they are. And I mean, yeah, he he makes the the point that the cure can't be worse than the disease, but it's like you really got to fucking hammer this home. These lockdowns are fucking terrible. They're absolutely ridiculous. 
and you know the virus is has 99% survival rate for, for like, I mean this is just insanity this is insane so yeah I mean I, I still think Trump comes out on top of those exchanges but he could make the case a lot better um, or at least somebody could he, he probably is not capable of it but I still think he comes out on top as far as that's concerned and then he, Trump said we're gonna have a vaccine in like two weeks and then when they pressed him on that, he's like, oh, well, you know, a couple of weeks by the end of the year, maybe, you know. So he, he had to walk that back. It was just another ridiculous Trumpian claim that we're going to have a vaccine in two weeks. I mean, I guess, you know, any day now we could get one. But the odds of it happening in the next few months are pretty slim from what I understand. And um, so, you know, that was a real, real Trumpian moment there to just be like, we're going to have a vaccine in two weeks. We're going to open everything up. It's going to be tremendous. And um, none of that is going to happen. I mean, you're going to open things back up, but you're not going to get a vaccine. And, and even if you do, the, by the time it's actually ready and deployed, it, it's going to be a, a long way off. But I just thought, I mean, I, I don't know, maybe it's just because Biden is still debating in this old like politician-y way where they say these fucking meaningless platitudes it just drives me crazy but i thought he fucking did terrible you know he's giving these answers it's like like trump would say you know we have to learn to live with the virus it's it's here you know we can't just stay locked up locked down the whole time and and biden would be like we're we're not gonna we're, we're not learning to live with it we're learning to die with it like what what the fuck does that even mean or he'd say, you know, he'd say, I'm going to shut down the virus. I'm not going to shut down the country. <laughs> okay, Joe. All right, whatever the fuck that means, you idiot. Uh, Americans don't panic, right? You panicked. Americans don't panic. What are you talking about? Americans don't panic. They panic all the time. I, I see people walking down the, the street with, with two masks on now, not panicking. Give me a break. People panic all the time. And then he did this thing where he was trying to channel his inner Obama, where he's like, I don't see a red America or a blue America. I just see the United States of America, right? That was a, a big uh, Obama speech or whatever. And Biden tried to do that. He's like, I don't see red states or blue states. I just see Americans, and I'm going to be the American president. But look at all the red states. They're, they're handling this virus terrible. There's all these spikes in red states. And it's like, dude, you just got done telling us that you don't see red and blue states. You just see Americans. But also, look at the, how these red states are fucking everything up. And they just need to wear masks like the blue states. And it's just like, Jesus Christ, dude. What planet are you on? New York is not a red state, and they've had a, a disaster of a time dealing with this. Even with all their draconian lockdowns and everything like that, they were the epicenter of this whole thing. They, they, were, they were it. The, the most deaths, the most cases, everything. Okay. Uh, red states, blue states, uh, just Americans. I'm going to be the American president. This whole idea that you can have a president represent all the states is just so ridiculous. What a perversion of representation of what that that word means you can't possibly even represent two people simultaneously let alone fucking 250 million 340 million whatever we got now uh it's, it's just so ridiculous but the uh the other thing that that is just so striking is that there's not even a pretense of constitutionality 
anywhere in these debates, you know, we're talking about what the federal government is going to do. And the, the notion that they're not allowed to do any of this stuff isn't even a consideration far off into the, you know, in the back of anybody's mind. The whole debate, all these topics that they came up with, almost all of them are unconstitutional things that the federal government has no business being involved in. The COVID lockdown, that shit is for sure unconstitutional, right? Um, then we had, you know, healthcare. We had the the economy, meddling in the economy, stimulus, all that shit. That's all unconstitutional. What else? They, uh, climate change, regulating emissions, fossil fuels, all this stuff, all unconstitutional, all unconstitutional. Nope, can't do any of that. The only thing that they can was in the realm of anything that the federal government should be touching was a brief conversation about you know foreign policy uh, in regards to North Korea or something like that. Maybe, I guess, you could make the case for police, right? Because they talked about police brutality a little bit or, uh, uh, you know, throwing people in cages. So the, the criminal justice system, I suppose you could make the case that that, that falls in the, the realm of, of federal, even though a lot of these crimes aren't federal crimes that they prosecute people for. So technically, it, a lot of these things aren't the, the federal government's uh, responsibility, and they shouldn't be dealing with them at all. They should be handled at the at the state and local level. But I guess that would be splitting hairs, so to speak. But it's just... It's just amazing to me that it's not even a thing, not even a thing anymore, whether or not the government can do this. It's just like, what are they going to do? And whatever they say they're going to do, they can apparently do. It doesn't matter how unconstitutional it is. That doesn't matter to anybody listening. It's always just, we're going we're gonna to look at the proposals and judge the proposals on whether or not we think they'd be effective, not whether or not they can actually do it. Unreal. But, you know, this is America in 2020. My God, are we in for a wild ride? Okay, so anyway, Biden is still, you give these fucking ridiculous, like, one-liners that would, I guess, maybe that would work 20 years ago, 10 years ago. I just, any time before Trump got on the debate stage, that kind of, that was the way that politicians debated. But he seems to have missed the memo that we're in a new world now. And, and that shit just doesn't fly with people. It doesn't appeal to anybody anymore. And I, I just thought, you know, his whole approach to this was just terrible. Um, it, it wasn't, he, he didn't collapse into himself like I've been, we've all been waiting for. But again, he, he gets propped up by these moderators and, and all these new debate rules where you can't, you know, your microphone's going to be shut off. So Trump couldn't really fucking press him on things. And then the moderator just lets him fucking lie his ass off for, for two minutes and then it's on to the next question. So, you know, th these moderators are really just fucking ruining these debates. They're, they're just awful. I mean, why even, we shouldn't even have a moderator at all. It should just be the two candidates up on stage going back and forth, uh, you know, just arguing about stuff. That, that would be much more entertaining, and you'd get a much better feel for things. This, this moderator would, you know, she'd ask, I, I forget her name, but she'd ask these really loaded questions, and then she never really pressed Biden on any of his bullshit. I mean, that guy, he was telling just like bald faced lies all night long. You know, um, it, it was really incredible to, to see him just lie his ass off and not get any pushback whatsoever. And she kept interrupting Trump. She interrupted. So I saw that they did, you know, the, the count on these things. She interrupted Trump 30 times. She interrupted Biden twice. I mean, OK. I mean, maybe 
uh, Trump needs to be interrupted a lot more because he's certainly more long-winded. Biden will stop talking on his own after two minutes, but she really would interrupt him and, and throw a lot of cover on Biden to, to change the topic off of Hunter Biden, the whole email uh, laptop scandal thing. She did it like three or four times, and it just kept coming up, which was shocking to me, despite all of their efforts to make sure that they could avoid that story. Right. They did the microphone shut off thing. So Trump couldn't interject. They, they took foreign policy like off of the, the list of debate topics. They changed it to like national security, I think, or something like that is what they called it. So just to you know eliminate any chances of this like organically coming out on its own. And then Biden fucking brings it up. This idiot talked about the the story. He brought, he was the one that brought it up and gave Trump a huge opening. Let's take a quick second and thank our other dear, dear, dear sponsor of the show. You know him as Lorenzotti Coffee. Guys, if you like premium Italian coffee, but you hate going to these corporate, poorly managed, poorly prepared coffee houses, Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, things like that, especially now where you got to put on a mask on and stand in a socially distanced line, you're going to love Lorenzotti Coffee. They deliver premium Italian coffee and coffee brewing supplies right to your door. It's a small business that was started by two liberty-minded entrepreneurs who came together over their love of coffee and their desire to bring that small, independent coffee house feel back here across the pond to the United States. So what I want you to do is go to lorenzotti.coffee and use my promo code FICTION so they know I sent you and they'll give you 10% off your order. Even if you're not a coffee drinker yourself, I'm sure you know someone who does, and these tins are beautiful. They'd make a great you know, portion of a gift basket or something like that if you wanted to send somebody that you care about a package. Go to lorenzotti.coffee, use promo code FICTION, and you'll get 10% off. All right, so from there they went on to um, the national security topic okay. that was supposed to be foreign policy, but they changed it to national security to avoid the very um, issue of Hunter Biden's laptop scandal coming up and, and him taking all of this foreign money for to get influence, you know, to get access to the vice presidency. And so they start talking about interfering in our elections, Russia, Iran, China, they're all interfering to influence our elections or something like that, right? And so the question goes to Biden. Uh, the, the question was like something along the lines of, you know, how would you punish China or like, what would you do to Iran if they interfere in our elections? You know, he does that stupid thing where it's like, if I, if I win the election, they're going to pay a price. They're going to pay a price for interfering in our elections. And it's like, Wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. So if, if they're interfering in our elections to influence the outcome and you win the election, then they helped you win. You know, why would you be punishing them for that? Or if they were influenced, trying to influence it the other way, they were completely ineffective and inept. And so it, it was it didn't matter. So who cares? Right. I mean, th this is all just so ridiculous. But then he he literally brings up the the Hunter Biden story. The fact that he was, you know, accused of, of taking money from all of these foreign companies and, and funneling it into the, the you know, the family to, to get influence and things like that. And he, he claims that it's Russian misinformation. This was like his, this was his whole angle where it's like um, the Russians are, are trying to meddle in the election. And this Hunter Biden story is proof of that. 
which I just could not believe that he was the one to bring this up. What a fucking idiot. What an idiot. Like, Trump was going to have to angle to find a way to get it in there, and Joe Biden just tees it up for him on a fucking golden platter. Actually, I'm going to play a, a clip of it because it is pretty funny. You see Biden kind of like go through in his head like, oh, should I talk about this? Uh, well, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and bring it up. So here, here's the here's the clip uh, of when he brings up the biggest fucking scandal of, of, you know, his campaign, which it has some serious like criminal implications if it all turns out to be true. And he, he brings it up himself. Here we go. Some breaking news from overnight. Just last night, top intelligence officials confirmed again that both Russia and Iran are working to influence this election. Both countries have obtained U.S. voter registration information, these officials say, and Iran sent intimidating messages to Florida voters. This question goes to you, Mr. Vice President. What would you do to put an end to this threat? You have two minutes uninterrupted. I made it clear, and I ask everyone else to take the pledge. I made it clear that any country, no matter who it is, that interferes in American elections will pay a price. They will pay a price. And it's been overwhelmingly clear this election, I won't even get into the last one, this election, that Russia has been involved, China has been involved to some degree, and now we learn that, that, uh, that uh, Iran is involved. They will pay a price if I'm elected. They're interfering with American sovereignty. That's what's going on right now. They're interfering with American sovereignty. And to the best of my knowledge, I don't think the president said anything to Putin about it. I don't think he's talking to them a lot. I don't think he said a word. I don't know why he hadn't said a word to Putin about it. And I don't know what he has recently said, if anything, to the Iranians. My guess is he'd probably be more outspoken with regard to the Iranians. But the point is this, folks. We are in a situation where we have foreign company countries trying to interfere in the outcome of our election his own own national security advisor told him that what is happening with his buddy well i won't gush oh i will his buddy rudy giuliani he's being used as a russian pawn he's being fed information that is russian that is not true and then what happens nothing happens and then you find out that Everything that's going on here about Russia is wanting to make sure that I do not get elected the next president of the United States because they know I know them and they know me. I don't understand why this president is unwilling to take on Putin when he's actually paying bounties to kill American soldiers in Afghanistan, when he's engaged in activities that are trying to destabilize all of NATO. I don't know why he doesn't do it, but it's worth asking the question, why isn't that being done? Any country that interferes with us will, in fact, pay a price because they're affecting our sovereignty. President Trump, same question to you. Let me, let me ask the yeah. question. You're going to have two minutes yeah. to respond. For two elections in a row now, there has been substantial interference from foreign adversaries. What would you do in your next term to put an end to this? Two minutes. Well, and, and you can see, so you see the, the moderator just goes right to the next question, doesn't doesn't dig into any of that stuff that he just said. I mean, first of all, the um the the whole bounty on American soldiers that Putin was paying, that was all bullshit. That whole story turned out to be fucking bullshit. That's been debunked, okay? What hasn't been debunked is the whole Hunter Biden thing. Um, and, and the fact that you know, Rudy Giuliani is a, a Russian pawn or something like that. Like there is no, they, they've presented no evidence for that, none whatsoever. So, I mean, this is just absolutely ridiculous. And there's no follow-up. She goes to Trump with another question. 
Trump, to his credit, he's like, uh, no, I'm going to I'm going to talk about what he just talked about. And it's like, dude, you got three and a half. Uh, you got three and a half million dollars from Russia. And he he doesn't even and then he just starts going off about how tough on Russia he was, which, you know, all these sanctions are just fucking they're nothing to brag about. <laughs> I don't understand. Like and when Biden says they're going to pay a price, like, what does that mean? His answer was just fucking terrible. Like they're they're gonna pay a price. They're gonna pay a price because they know me and I know them. And what? What is this fucking old guy blabbling about? <laughs> it really is just a fucking. I mean, it was a pretty bad night for Biden, I must say. But th- this exchange right here is where it kind of goes off the rails because Trump does get the opportunity after you know he doesn't really answer that lady's question. He does get to to bring up the the Burisma scandal and the Hunter Biden laptop stuff, and, and the fact that you know he is Joe Biden has been receiving money from these foreign countries, and he gets and Biden's response to this was, "I have not taken a penny." He says, "Well, here I'll just play it." During you and Barack Obama, they took over a big part of what should have been Ukraine. You handed it to them, but you were getting a lot of money from Russia. They were paying you a lot of money, and they probably still are. But now, with what came out today, it's even worse. All of the emails, the emails, the horrible emails of the kind of money that you were raking in, you and your family. And Joe, you were vice president when some of this was happening. And it should have never happened. And I think you owe an explanation to the American people. Why is it somebody just had a news conference a little while ago who was essentially supposed to work with you and your family. But what he said was damning. And regardless of me, I think you have to clean it up and talk to the American people. Maybe you can do it right now. Vice President Biden, you may respond. And then I do want to follow up on the election security. I have not taken a penny from any foreign source ever in my life. We learned that this president paid 50 times the tax in China, has a secret bank account with China, does business in China, and in fact is talking about me taking money. I have not taken a single penny from any country whatsoever, ever. Number one. Number two. This is a president. I have released all of my tax returns. 22 years. Go look at them. 22 years of my tax return. You have not released a single solitary year of your tax return. What are you hiding? Why are you unwilling? The foreign countries are paying you a lot. Russia's paying you a lot. China's paying you a lot. And your hotels and all your businesses all around the country, all around the world. And China's building a new road to a new golf course you have overseas. So... What's going on here? Why don't release your tax return or stop talking about corruption? President Trump, your response. First of all, I called my accountants, underwrote it. I'm going to release them as soon as we can. I want to do it. And it'll show how successful, how great. Okay, so we're, we're back to the tax return thing now. I mean, this is absolutely ridiculous. Okay. Um, first of all, he just straight up lied for like 30 seconds straight. Never taken a penny from a foreign country. Give me a fucking break, Joe. You've been in politics for 50 fucking years, okay? They have um, emails. They have text messages. They have everything saying that you, you're in on these deals, 10% to the big guy. You, your son's saying that you're taking half of the income that he's getting from all of these cushy jobs that you, you set him up with. I mean, and that's just the stuff that we know about. I mean, give me a fucking break. Does anybody believe that any politician has not taken a penny from a foreign source? I mean, come on. This is, this is what politicians do. 
they take money from people, lobbyists all, all over the place, especially when you're, um, you know, vice president. Now, okay, to the extent, we don't know for a fact that these payments went directly to Joe Biden or anything, but we, we certainly know that the money went to his son. And Biden has gone from, you know, being this, this average working class Joe from wherever, you know, Scranton, Pennsylvania or something like that to somebody with a net worth of like nine or $10 million, something like that. And I mean, his point is like, yeah, look, look at my tax returns. I'm not getting any money from foreign sources. It's like, uh, okay. Yeah. I'm sure you would declare that on your taxes that <laughs> you had this, this scheme hooked up where your, your son's getting money and, and kicking up some up to you under the table or whatever, you're going to admit to that on your taxes. I mean, nobody seriously can be believing this. Now, we're still waiting for the other shoe to drop on this. I know they they have, um, I forget the guy's name, but he did like a press conference right before this debate started. And he says he's got like like hard evidence that proves that Biden was, was aware of what was going on, was in on some of it. And I mean, it looks pretty bad for Biden right now. And, and the fact that he's just coming out and flat out denying it never, never took a penny. I mean, I guess you have to say that, but whew, he's, he could be really painting himself into a corner here. But this was a, this was an interesting attack angle, you know, go after Trump for his taxes and, and what's he hiding in there? It's like, well, I don't know, but we, he may be hiding something. He may not be hiding something, but um, we, we know what you were trying to hide and it's, it's on Hunter's laptop. It's like, we have it right here. I mean, I thought Trump could have hammered him a lot harder on this and I think he, he missed a big opportunity there. But it's like, yeah, Trump Trump has bank accounts in foreign countries. He has he pays taxes in those countries because he was a businessman up until three years ago. So like, I, what what is this? It's like, what are you hiding? He's like, I, if, if you know about it, how is he hiding it? I mean, you know about the bank account. So it's like, all right, you know that he paid taxes there. China's building a road to your golf course. It's like, oh, OK. I mean, yeah, yeah. What about the Hunter Biden emails? Like that would just be what I kept. I would keep just saying that. Like Trump takes the the bait here and starts talking. After that, I'm not going to play it, but he starts talking about the ta- all the taxes that he paid, which is like oh, okay. I mean, he still wins that point. He's like, I paid tens of millions of dollars prepaid in taxes. Like that whole report that Joe Biden is talking to, um, Trump's been denying it. The, Trump's lawyers have denied it. His tax attorneys have denied that he, he paid $750 in taxes. Like, it's all bullshit. Biden's not denying that any of that stuff on the, the laptop belonged to Hunter. Like, those were the real emails. None of this is being denied. The closest they come to it is saying that it's, you know, it's a, a, a Russia conspiracy. Like, Russia is uh, giving us misinformation. It's like, okay, okay, but were those Hunter's emails? Were those his text messages? Like, what about the guy that flipped from fucking prison and, and, and the people that have confirmed uh, on the receiving end of those emails that they were real emails and that that's what who they were exchanging emails with? And like, th- there's just so many fucking ways you can hit them on this. And to just start talking, like, go off on your taxes, it's like, oh, man, that was a big missed opportunity. And he missed he missed a huge opportunity even with the taxes. Like, if you're going to talk about the, the tax stuff, it's like, OK, how about the fact that the whole you know, mainstream media, corporate press, the big tech firms, Twitter, they all ran with my bullshit tax return story, even though those tax returns were uh, obtained illegally and they fucking lied about this, this and that. And there was no censorship or anything. And then when we get this bombshell of a story that your your son left his laptop, your crackhead son 
Sean left his laptop laying around at our laptop repair shop and we got all these um, incriminating emails and everything that they all jump to your fucking the media won't cover it nobody's allowed to link to the New York Post story Twitter bans everybody shuts down all their accounts just for trying to talk about it I mean that was a huge you know a huge deal he could have brought that up Let's take a second and thank our other sponsor for today's show. And that, of course, is Matt Octung, Raleigh's digital marketing dude. Digital marketing is just a vital thing to know, have, and understand how to do this day and age. You can't run a business without having a digital footprint. And so for any of you listeners out there who have your own business, or you're thinking about starting your own side gig, you know somebody who does, who's struggling to get the uh, internet attention that they need, you got to have them get in touch with Matt Octung. Google Matt Raleigh's digital marketing dude. He comes right up. He'll be the first one in the Google search, and that's what he's going to do for your company. 75% of all views, clicks, and calls go to the first three businesses that show up when you Google something like, hey, is show me a restaurant near me. The first three guys that come up are the ones who get 75% of the views. So if you want your share of that 75% and you want your business to start appearing at the top of these searches instead of on page six in the Google search, if you want people to actually see your business and frequent your business and click on your links, you got to Google Matt Raleigh's digital marketing dude. He's a digital marketing consultant and he doesn't just handle the Raleigh, North Carolina area. He can work with you no matter where you are. And right now for business owners and listeners of the Peddling Fiction podcast, Podcast, he's offering free digital marketing consultations. So he'll teach you how to conquer your local search problems. He'll help you build reviews, optimize your social media, learn how to run Google and Facebook ads and convert leads into paying customers and clients. So Google Matt Raleigh's digital marketing dude, get your free consultation. I mean, it's free. You've got literally nothing to lose. Tell him I sent you and give your small business digital superpowers. Okay. And the moderator just has no interest in this topic whatsoever. Like Trump, Trump keeps trying to go back to it and she keeps trying to go back to these other questions about, you know, foreign entanglements or election interference. Like, listen, nobody gives a shit about that stuff. We want to hear them talk about the, the Hunter Biden scandal. You can tell that she's, she keeps trying to avoid this topic and it just it's not going to go away. And then eventually she's just going to capitulate. She's like, all right, fine. I have to. Now I I have to ask the question. Uh, Joe Biden, is there? An, well, here, let's just go ahead and roll the clip. Roll the tape. Show us. Just show us. Stop playing around. You've been saying for four Everybody years you're going to reduce your taxes. Nobody knows, Mr. President. What they do okay. know is you're not paying your taxes, or you're paying taxes that are so low. When last time he said what he paid, he said, I only pay that little because I'm smart. I know how to game the system. Come on. Come on, folks. So, President Trump, and then I want to get to two questions to both of you. Sure. Like, does anybody really care about Trump's taxes at this point? Why are we still... Like, I, I get that it's it's sort of his way of deflecting from the whole Hunter Biden thing that, that he actually brought up himself like an idiot. But who cares about Trump's taxes at this point? Like it was, they, they tried this, the, the last election round in 2016 and it didn't work. Now you think it's going to work this time magically for some reason? Like, can we just move on? Who cares about this? We, we've had like 30 other fucking scandals break since the, since the, all this tax return stuff. 
I mean, maybe it's just me because I know taxation is theft and every dollar that Donald Trump doesn't pay in taxes to our, you know, these monsters in the federal government, it's one one less, you know, child that's going to get drone bombed into oblivion or something like that. One less person that's thrown in, in a cage for a victimless crime. One more dollar that can be kept in the productive portion of society in the in the economy and actually meant you know create value instead of getting it sucked up by washington dc i don't know a week ago i said what did i pay they said sir you prepaid tens of millions of dollars i prepaid my tax tens over the last number of years tens of millions of dollars i prepaid because at some point they think it's an estimate they think i may have to pay tax so I already prepaid it. Nobody told me that. Did your account Nobody tell you, you that. Excuse them? me. And it wasn't written whenever they write this. They keep talking about $750, which I think is a filing fee. But let me just tell you, I prepaid millions and millions of dollars in taxes. Number one. Number two, I don't make money from China. You do. I don't make money from Ukraine. You do. I don't make money from Russia. You made $3.5 million, Joe. And your son gave you. They even have a statement that we have to give 10% to the big man. You're the big man, I think. I don't know, maybe you're not, but you're the big man, I think. Your son said we have to give 10% to the big man. Joe, what's that all about? It's terrible. All right, gentlemen, I want to ask you both some questions about all of this, but I'm going to let you both respond very quickly. You just said you spoke to your accountant about potentially releasing your taxes. Did he tell you when you can release them? Do you... Oh, my God. Nobody gives a shit about these taxes. Like, that is so not the fucking thing we need to be talking about right here. I was put through a phony witch hunt for three years. It started before I even got elected. They spied on my campaign. No president should ever have to go through what I went through. Let me just say this. Mueller and 18 angry Democrats... And FBI agents all over the place spent $48 million. They went through everything I had, including my tax returns, and they found absolutely no collusion and nothing wrong. $48 million. I guarantee you, if I spent $1 million on you, Joe, I could find plenty wrong. Because right. the kind of things that you've done and the kind of monies that your family has taken, I mean, your brother made money in Iraq. Let me- Millions of dollars. Your other brother made a fortune. And it's all through you, Joe. And they say you get some of it. And you do live very well. You have houses all over the place. You live very well. All right, gentlemen, let me just ask some questions about all of this broadly. Vice President Biden, there have been questions about the work your son has done in China and for a Ukrainian energy company when you were vice president. In retrospect, was anything about those relationships inappropriate or unethical? Nothing was unethical. Here's what the deal. With regard to Ukraine, we had this whole question about whether or not, because he was on the board, I later learned of a Burisma, a company, that somehow I had done something wrong. Yet every single solitary person when he was going through his impeachment, testifying under oath who worked for him, said, I did my job impeccably. I carried out U.S. policy. Not one single solitary thing was out of line. Not a single thing. Number one. Number two, the guy who got in trouble in Ukraine was this guy trying to bribe the Ukrainian government to say something negative about me, which they would not do and did not do because it never, ever, ever happened. My son has not made money in terms of this thing about uh, what are you talking about? China. 
I have not had it. The only guy made money from China is this guy. He's the only one. Nobody else has made money from China. President Trump, let me ask my question to you. Could I just one one thing? Very quickly. His son didn't have a job for a long time, was sadly no longer in the military service. I won't get into that. And he didn't have a job. As soon as he became vice president, Burisma, not the best best reputation in the world. I hear they paid him $183,000 a month. Listen to this. One hundred eighty-three, and they gave him a three million dollar upfront payment. All right, and he had no I, energy. I'm going to let the vice president That's respond to that quickly, and then dishonest. I need to get to a question to you. Very no quickly, basis for that. Everybody investigated that. No one said anything he did was wrong in Ukraine. Okay, President Trump, this is for you. Since you took office, you've never divested from your business. Now, I mean, Trump, Trump hammered him there. I mean, that that was a really bad. This is the exact thing that they did not want to have happen at this debate. And it just happened. Now, I think Trump could have done a much better job of doing it. But I mean, that's a pretty solid uh, shellacking right there. And you can tell that the the moderator just doesn't want to touch this with a 10 foot pole. She keeps trying to say like, okay, yeah, but I'm going to ask these other questions now. Like, what about your tax returns? How about your, you know, uh, your attorneys? When did they say you could release them? Did they say you can release? Nobody cares about that nobody cares let's get to the good stuff and then biden's answer like nobody said i did anything wrong everybody said it was above board that is just a bunch of bullshit there's everybody saying you did something wrong now this whole thing came out like three days ago and it's been a huge deal everybody thinks you're doing wrong things and there was like a whole uh congressional hearing where they asked a bunch of people about these dealings this was back when the story first broke i think last year or whatever and, and they all said that, that to have your son making hundreds of thousands of dollars a month at a no-show job where you don't speak the language, you have no experience, you have no business being there whatsoever, not really above board. Like this, everybody admits that this is uh, that this stinks to high heaven. And he just gets to stand up there and say, oh, nope, nobody said I ever did anything wrong. Everybody said I did a great job and blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay. Okay, man. If you say so, I guess we're just going to leave it at that. But you can see, he literally asks him, you know, are you the big guy, Joe? And, and, you know, to answer that question. And the moderator changes the subject. Like, let him respond to that. Are you the big guy that's referenced in these emails that we know came from your son's laptop? But no, he didn't have to answer it. I mean, if they pose a retarded question like asking Trump to denounce uh, racism or denounce uh, white supremacy, they're going to hold his feet to the fire until he does that for like five minutes. Come on, say it, say it, say it. Denounce him. Denounce the Proud Boy. It's like, wait a minute. No, no. How about you you say whether or not you're the guy in this email that's getting the 10% fucking kickback? How about that? Unbelievable. I just couldn't, I can't believe the amount of cover that they give him on this. She moves on from that and talks about like, the trade deficits with China, you know, which, like I, I pointed out in the first debate, like we've never had bigger trade deficits than we are right now. So clearly uh, Trump has failed to uh, win this trade war. But nobody really cares about that. Nobody cares about trade deficits with China. They care about political corruption and this big story that just broke a week ago. Like, why, why are you stop trying to change the subject here? This is unbelievable. And then, you know, uh, Biden tries to put like an end to it, saying that th- this is not about 
like my family or his family. This is about your family, and you're suffering at the dinner table, and you're not knowing where your your next paycheck is coming, and you can't put food on the table, and blah blah. Yeah, uh, uh, Joe, their families are hurting because of your retarded policies toward the coronavirus, your your lockdowns, your mask mandate, everything that you want to do in your comprehensive plan. That's why the families are hurting. And Biden's sort of in this weird area where he wants to, you know, criticize Donald Trump for how bad the economy is and all these hurting families. And rightfully so. I mean, Trump did, you know, approve all this shutdown stuff. And he was the one that instigated this whole thing, at least at the federal level. But now he's talking about opening everything back up and, and Joe's taken the, the opposite position. So you're, you're talking out of both sides of your mouth here. It's like, you can't be advocating for, for lockdowns and everybody to stay in their basement and then at the same time talk about how all these, these families are hurting because you made them close down their business and everything. And, and Trump just hammered him again on this, this like bullshit politician-y answer about families and family this, family that. And I, I don't have the clip for that, but it was, it, it was a pretty good moment for Trump again. He, he just annihilated Biden there. For, for having just this phony, pre-rehearsed answer about, you know, families suffering at the dinner table. Nobody is buying this anymore, and Trump just called him out on being, like, a phony politician. And not just that, like, a corrupt politician, like, your family's looking more and more corrupt as, as this story unfolds. You're part of everything that, that's wrong with D.C., you know, the swamp that he's supposed to drain, which, of course, he hasn't. He's just made that swamp deeper and deeper. But he gets to basically call Biden out now for trying to change the subject, divert attention away from the fact that his family's looking pretty bad right about now. And so I thought that was a great moment for Trump. Again, like Biden doesn't have any good moments, in my opinion, so far. I mean, you guys have heard these clips. Does it sound like he's had a really strong, has strong answers to any of this stuff? Uh, a lot of times he just ends up rambling and giving these weird one-liners. And it's just, whew. Tough night for him. Tough night for Joe. And then there's a bizarre, like North Korea came up out of nowhere. Like when, when did we decide we're going to talk about North Korea again? And their uh, nuclear missile tests or whatever. It's just like, who cares? Who cares about North Korea? North Korea hasn't been a topic in years. North Korea's nuclear energy program is so far removed from what's on Americans' minds I don't understand why this this came up in the debate at all, let alone during, you know, in the midst of what could have been a really intense airing of the whole uh, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden scandal. But yeah, they, they try to hammer Trump for having like relationship with Kim Jong Un and negotiating with them and, and letting them test their missiles or whatever. There is no way Biden says he's going to get them to stop their their new. They're just not going to do that. They've seen what happens to world leaders that don't have nuclear arms. You know, he doesn't want to get Gaddafi'd, right? He doesn't want to get fucking sodomized to death. He doesn't want to have his regime toppled. If you have nuclear weapons, you get a place at the big boys table and there's just nothing you can do short of, you know, going to war with them or something like that. That's going to stop them from doing this. So after, you know, they briefly discuss, you know, they briefly, they solve the North Korea problem in like two and a half minutes or something like that. They move on to American families and healthcare, right? And this is just where like, the lies are are just they're so fucking outrageous. I mean, at one point, you have Biden saying the same line 
that Obama said, like nobody, he said nobody lost their health care coverage from Obamacare, which is patently false. That's like millions of people lost their fucking coverage. <laughs> okay. Everybody knows this. It's like the, one of the most famous lies of the last fucking 20 years. If you like your health care plan, you can keep your health care plan. No, no. That was bullshit. If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. That was bullshit. And Biden's saying the same fucking thing. He's got the Biden plan, and you're not going to lose any of your coverage. It's just going to have this additional thing for poor people to get you know, Medicare, basically. But it really is just unfathomable to me that they can talk about all of these health care problems and act like Obamacare is this precious thing that needs to be saved. I mean... Obamacare is an unmitigated fucking disaster. It's been 10 years, okay? If it was going to work, if the Affordable Care Act was going to make care more affordable, don't you think we would have seen some fucking results by now? We've got nothing. We've got nothing. And that's why every debate, healthcare is a topic. It's a huge topic. Every time it comes up, all these problems in healthcare, all the problems with healthcare coverage, and it, it's too expensive. And blah. Oh, Well, what was Obamacare then? I thought Obamacare was supposed to save all that. It was supposed to solve all those problems, right? Except it's been 10 years. It's been an unmitigated disaster. And it was by design. It was literally designed so that they could do exactly what Joe Biden's trying to do, right? Get everybody onto single-payer health care eventually, right? Once Obamacare destroys the health care system once and for all, the health insurance system, then everything gets so bad and they get to say, look, you know, o- o- Obamacare just didn't go far enough. We need more government intervention here. We just need, like, government health care for everybody. Right. That that's the route they're going. But it, it's just incredible to me that, you know, every debate, even all the way through the primaries and everything, they have to do this thing where they pretend like Obamacare was, was this successful, great piece of legislation, you know, cornerstone of the Obama presidency. Yet we have all we still have all these problems in healthcare to talk about. It, it, it's the cognitive dissonance there is pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive. And then the, the Biden plan is literally like he's like he keeps saying, well, you know, my my Biden plan, it's going to lower health care costs and it's going to, you know, make drugs less expensive. And all. it's like everything that Obamacare was supposed to do is, is what the Biden plan's now going to do. It's like, oh, OK, what? 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 How? What? What? Why didn't Obamacare? Like n- none of this is ever addressed. Trump's like, you know, we're going to get rid of Obamacare and we're going to give you a much better, bigger plan and it's going to be cheaper and better and all that shit, which is just absolutely ridiculous. He gets rid of the part where you're forced to buy health insurance, right? Because he thinks the individual mandate is like the worst part of Obamacare. When in reality, the whole thing is just a, a fucking abomination. But the individual mandate is what they put in there so that you could you could cover people with pre-existing conditions. Like, that's the whole thing, right? You have to force healthy people to buy health insurance so that you can pay to cover people that are already sick. Otherwise, you know, why would healthy people buy health insurance if you can still get insurance after you're sick and you have these pre-existing conditions, right? So that's the whole point. So the fact that uh, Donald Trump wants to strip the individual mandate from Obamacare and still claim that he's going to cover pre-existing conditions, how the hell are you going to do that? That, that's impossible. I mean, you, you can't do that. Like I've, I've talked about on previous episodes, like that just destroys the concept of insurance. It's just a subsidy now. It's a healthcare subsidy for sick people. So yeah, the, the Republican plan to replace Obamacare with like a, a different retarded government policy is just going to be equally as bad. 
all, all of this stuff is just ridiculous. We need to get the government out of healthcare and let the free market reign. But of course, that will never be the topic of discussion during a presidential debate. And then they go into the minimum wage, and, and Trump was actually kind of right on the minimum wage, which, you know, he's like, I support state minimum wages, like leave it up to the states. And yeah, I mean, a federal minimum wage is unconstitutional, So, but a state minimum wage, there's nothing in the Constitution that says a state can't do that. So that would be constitutional, and that would make a lot more sense to the extent that you're going to make that mistake and have a minimum wage. The states should decide it for themselves, because yeah, states are different. And like, you know, $15 an hour in, in Bumblefuck, Oklahoma is different from $15 an hour in San Francisco. I, I actually thought, you know, he had the right idea there. But nobody, of course, is making the case that federal minimum wage shouldn't exist. And that it, it just it does tremendous amount of economic damage. Actually, Joe Biden said, there's, there's no evidence that you know, uh, companies go out of business when you raise the minimum wage. And it's just like, uh, okay, Joe, okay. And he, he just gets to make these statements. And not only is that not true, but that's not even the main argument that companies go out of business. It's that they definitely do, but it's more that it hurts the workers because it makes them illegal. It makes it illegal for them to work. And it's no business of the federal government to get involved with negotiations between two free people. But it does a tremendous amount of economic damage. It's the reason why there's there's all these uh, you know teenagers fucking go, going into gangs and running wild through the fucking streets right now because none of them have jobs. They've been priced out of the market. But anyway, I've done entire episodes on the uh, the federal minimum wage. But oh, wouldn't it be so refreshing if there was a, a candidate up on that stage? That could make the case for abolishing the minimum wage. At least that would be kind of interesting. Not like, oh, should it be 15 or or should we leave it up to the states? Like, okay, okay, 15 is good. Why not make it 20? Why not 50? I'm for a $100 minimum wage. It's just like at some point you have to admit that it's going to do damage. And the, at that point, the reason for that damage is the same reason it does damage at 15 or, or 12 or wherever you set it. It's price fixing, you know, it's price fixing wages. Anyway, they went on to talk about immigration and the whole thing with uh, separating children from their families at the border. This was, again, like another area where Joe Biden kind of fucking stepped in it. Like Trump got the, the better part of the exchange, in my opinion, because he just kept asking, who built the cages, Joe? Who built the cages? Who built the cages, Joe? And yeah, the, the cages that he referenced, like he, he references these things, and it's like... Dude, Obama, th those cages went up under Obama. We all know this now. We all know because the, the fucking, uh, was it the New York Times or something, tried to run that article with the picture from 2012 of the cages and blame it on Trump. It's like, not, not that Trump is blameless in any of this, but it's like they all did it. They all do it. And this was your policy. And immigration was a big win for Trump. Like, that was one of the reasons why he was so popular was the stance that he took on immigration. Like, open borders, letting people in and then, you know, giving them free education and free health care and all this stuff that they're talking about is a very unpopular position to be taking. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Biden kept making these like emotional pleas to, to families and talking about how horrible it is to separate children from their families. And I mean, that's all true and everything. But it's like, dude, you guys were you guys were doing the same thing. Um, so, I mean, Trump's Trump's literally Hitler. What does that make you kind of thing? And the other thing is that Trump can just keep making this point. And I mean, it's kind of a fair point where it's just like Biden, you were 
you were just there for eight years. Like, why didn't you pass comprehensive immigration reform when you were there? Or you've been in government for 47 fucking years or whatever it is. Like, why didn't you do any of this stuff? Now, it's, it's definitely less effective because Trump's been there for, for three and a half years now, the three and three, almost four years now or two months away. So, uh, but I mean, like, he's just been bogged down with bullshit fucking Russia collusion stuff, or at least that's what he can write it off as, you know, I, like there was a coup that I had to repel, like I was impeached, all this stuff. But it, it is like amazing. Like, I never believe anything any of these politicians ever say. But how can you sit there, be a Joe Biden fan, and, and you're sitting there listening to him talk about all the things he's going to do? And it's like, dude, you've been, you guys have been talking about this stuff for 50 years. None of it's gotten done. Nothing's gotten better. Things have gotten worse. What are you going to do in four years what you couldn't do in 40? <laughs> like, how does anybody fucking buy any of this crap? It, it, it really is unbelievable. Um, and again, you know, to talk about immigration with, with no mention of the war on drugs or anything like that is just ridiculous, in my opinion. You get rid of the war on drugs and immigration, like, almost becomes a non-issue. The other thing is that, well, they get into to race in America, and they, again, they don't talk about the war on drugs. No mention of it. I mean, they talk about throwing people in cages for drug offenses, but they, they don't talk about ending the war on drugs or anything or how detrimental it, it really was, how it's like the, the most horrific thing that's ever been done to, to black people since slavery. This is probably the war on drugs. And so talk about legalization. I mean, Biden keeps talking about how like nobody should go to jail for drug offenses. And again, a huge opportunity for Trump to, to hit him on the Hunter Biden thing. It's like, oh, isn't that convenient? Isn't that convenient that now that we've uh, seen pictures of your crackhead son passed out with a pipe in his mouth, that you all of a sudden the guy who authored the 94 crime bill doesn't think we should uh, throw people in cages for, for drug offenses? Oh, look how that worked out. Isn't that nice? I mean, Trump definitely hit him on the on the crime bill, you know, which was effective. And it's a good point. I mean, this guy authored the 94 crime bill, which is responsible for thousands of, of black people being thrown in, in cages, millions of other people being thrown in cages, too. I mean, it's just it's awful. But I thought I thought he had a, a huge opportunity to bring it back to the whole Biden, th- the Hunter Biden thing. And, and he took a pass on it. And I guess, you know, maybe that's because ripping on Hunter for, for the drug thing kind of makes you look like an asshole. But y- you can flip it, you know, sort of on the way that they did with, with Kamala Harris and uh, Tulsi Gabbard, where Tulsi Gabbard's like, you know, you locked people in cages for, for marijuana and then laughed about smoking marijuana on TV or something like that. Like the, Biden's like, you know, your, your son gets a free pass because you're politically connected. He can, you know, make millions of dollars, party around, uh, knock up a bunch of chicks, not pay child support, do drugs, smoke crack and, and stay out of jail. And here's a guy that get, gets caught with a dime bag and he's doing 10 years. So I yeah I just I just thought that was a big missed opportunity for Trump to really fucking lay, lay it to Biden again. He did he did land some serious blows throughout the night, but man, like you, you can't keep missing all these opportunities. Like this was your last chance. Like this was it. This is the last debate before the election. We're like ten days away or something like that. You got to really take uh, put the pedal pedal to the metal here, in my opinion, to not really talk about the war on drugs specifically. It, it, when you're talking about uh, race and, and just you know problems in the black community, problems with race relations, problems with uh, black people being locked up and things like that, I mean, 
dude, war on drugs. It's, it's a really popular position to take. And, and neither of them really brought it up. It was, it's, it's always shocking to me. It's kind of like when they talk about climate change and like energy, renewable energy sources and things like that. And there's no mention of nuclear power. It's like, okay, this is not a serious discussion then. Like you're going to talk about fucking solar and wind power replacing fossil fuels. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. No mention of nuclear. It, it, it's just as ridiculous to not mention the war on drugs. I mean, they talked about, you know, parents having to have the talk with their kids about police brutality and things. Again, no mention of the war on drugs. It's just like this is this is an evil policy that we should do away with. And if you legalize these drugs, all these drugs, uh, this a lot of this stuff goes away. Oh, and then, yeah, Trump, actually, one of the better moments I thought Trump had was when he, he said that he ran because Joe Biden and Barack Obama did such a horrible job. He's like, that's why I ran. I, I'm here because of you. And I was like, oh, man, now that's a that's a good fucking line. I'm here because of you, because everybody fucking hates Donald Trump. And and to blame it on Joe Biden was just fucking hilarious to me. I really thought that was a, that was a great line. Hey, let's go ahead and roll this exchange here because this one was classic. Why didn't he do it four years ago? Why didn't you do that four years ago, even less than that? Why didn't you I do it? You were vice president. You keep talking about all these things you're going to do and you're going to do this. But you were there just a short time ago and you guys did nothing. We did. You know, Joe, I, I ran because of you. I ran because of Barack Obama, because you did a poor job. If I thought you did a good job, I would have never run. I would have never run. I ran because of you. I'm looking at you now. You're a politician. I ran because of you. All right, Vice President Biden, your response to that, and then I do have some yeah. questions for both of you. Well, I'll tell you what. I, uh, I hope he does look at me because what's happening here is you know who I am. You know who he is. You know his character. You know my character. You know our reputations for honor and telling the truth. I am anxious to have this race. I am anxious to see this take place. I am character of the country is on the ballot. Our character is on the ballot. Look at us closely. Let me ask some follow me. Please respond if and then we're going to have follow-up questions. true about Russia, Ukraine, China, other countries, Iraq, if this is true, then he's a corrupt politician. Right. So don't give me the stuff about how you're this innocent baby. Joe, they're calling you a corrupt politician. Nobody's President Trump, I want to stay hell. on the issue Excuse of race. Me. We're Take talking about the, the issue. from hell. President Trump, Nobody. we're talking about race right now, and I do want to stay on the issue of race. President Trump, you know, you've I have just... to respond to that. Please. Because, look, Very there are 50 former national intelligence folks who said that what this he's accusing me of is a Russian plan. They have said that this is, has all the care. Four, five former heads of the CIA, both parties, say what he's saying is a bunch of garbage. Nobody believes it except the, his and his good friend, Rudy Gianni. You mean the laptop is now another Russia, Russia, Russia hoax? And you that's got exactly it. what is this that's where you're exactly going? What this is going. where he's going. The laptop right. is Russia, yes. Russia, Gentlemen, Russia? I want to stay on the issue of race. You okay? have to be kidding. Here Mr. we go President, again with Russia. We're going to continue on the issue of race. Mr. President, you've that. Okay, now that is just a golden exchange right there on, on so many levels. First of all, let's get back to the issue of race. Nobody gives a shit, okay? We've had an ass full of fucking race relations, all right? It's enough already. It's enough already. What are we going to do? 
What, what are we going to do about this? What, what can what can we say that hasn't already been said? Just let them let them have this out. This is what's on everybody's mind going into this debate is the Hunter Biden scandal. And here it is again. It pops up again because Joe Biden's talking about how he's this great guy and the soul of America. And you know who I am and you know who he is. And I'm a great, you know, a squeaky clean politician, blah, 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 blah. And then Trump's just like, what are you fucking talking about? What are you talking about? Dude, we have the emails now. We have your kid's laptop. We know you were taking all, all this fucking, this money. We know that you're corrupt. And then, and then Biden does the whole Russia thing. Oh, it's Russian misinformation. And the 50 former intelligence agencies said so. And actually, that's not even what they said. They said it has all the you know, the makings of a a Russia misinformation campaign. Like, if they were to do it, this is how they'd kind of do it thing. And then five former heads of the CIA, five former heads of the CIA, are you kidding me? And this is why you can't fucking interrupt to get back to race relations that is just such a meaningless topic to talk about. Five former heads of the CIA said it was Russia. Okay, you mean the CIA that, that tried to overthrow the duly elected president last year, that ran, uh, that spied on my campaign, that said Russia interfered, Russia collusion, spent three years doing an investigation that turned out to be complete bullshit? That CIA? The CIA that lied us into the longest wars in American history? I mean, come on. Come on. Give me a fucking break. Oh, I just, of all the the exchanges to interrupt, you, you gotta let that one play through. I'm sorry. This is a big story. This is a big scandal. I know you guys want to throw shade for your boy fucking Biden, but man, I, I don't know. I, I thought Trump missed an opportunity there. I, knew, I mean, I know he got cut off, but he could have really tried to to uh, hammer home that the, all these ABC agencies coming to the defense of Joe Biden. It's like shocking, shocking that they're trying to cover for him. I mean, come on, this is ridiculous. And then um, then they get back to, to the whole race thing, right? And Trump talks about how he's the least racist person in the room, which is just such a Trumpian thing to say. He's like... <laughs> I've done more for the black community than anybody. I'm the least racist person in this room. I can't even see the audience, but it doesn't matter. I'm the least racist. <laughs> okay. I mean, there's just no point to talking about that. But the funniest part is then, oh, yeah, he says that, he says at one point, like, not since Abraham Lincoln has anybody done more for the black community than me or something like that. And then Joe Biden calls Trump Abraham Lincoln. He says... After Trump gets done talking about how he's the least racist person in the room, <laughs> Joe Biden goes, Abraham Lincoln over here is the most racist president ever. As far as uh, my relationships with all people, I think I have great relationships with all people. I am the least racist person in this room. Well, what do you say to Americans who are concerned by that rhetoric? I don't know. I mean, I don't videos. know what to say. I got criminal justice reform done and prison reform and opportunity zones. I took care of black colleges and universities. I don't know what to say. They can say anything. I mean, they can say anything. It's a very, it makes me sad because I am, I, I am the least racist person i can't even see the audience because it's so dark but i don't care who's in the audience i'm the least racist person in this room okay vice president biden let me ask you very quickly and then i have a follow-up question for you abraham lincoln here is one of the most racist presidents we've had in modern history he pours fuel on every single racist fire 
every single one. He started off his campaign coming down the escalator saying he's going to get rid of those Mexican rapists. He's banned Muslims because they're Muslims. He has moved around and made everything worse across the board. He says to the, about the poor boys, last time we were on stage here, he said, I told him to stand down and stand ready. Come on. This guy is a dog whistle about as big as a foghorn. President Trump, I'm going to give you 10 seconds to respond, and then I have a follow-up. You know, he made a reference to Abraham Lincoln. Where did that come in? I mean, you said you're Abraham that, Lincoln. No, no, where did that? No, no. You said, I said not since Abraham Lincoln has anybody right. done what I've done for the black community. And I'm saying. I didn't say I'm Abraham Lincoln. I said not since Abraham Lincoln has anybody please. done what I've done for the black community. Now, you have done nothing other than the crime bill, which put. Oh, God. Tens of thousands of black men, mostly, in jail. All right. Let me, you know let what? Me, let me they ask remember Vice it President because Biden if you look at what's happening with the voting right now, let me ask they remember Vice that Biden you treated them very, very badly. This, Just this, take a look at what's happening out there. Vice President Biden, let me give you a chance to respond within this. Okay. And this is like Biden is falling apart at this point. Calls him Abraham Lincoln. Uh, the poor boys. It's the proud boys. Uh, he already slurred Rudy Giuliani's name earlier it, it, when he was talking. It, I mean, he's just he's coming apart at the seams and, and Trump is just hammering him for it. And then this lady, of course, has to cut off Trump when he's hammering her and, and give him you know, some time to recuperate. And let me ask you a, a, another question sort of in the same realm here so we can get off of the topic about how you just referred to Donald Trump as Abraham Lincoln and the most racist uh, president we've ever had. It puts pours gasoline on all the racist fires. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, then, of course, they get to the, um, and uh, like almost an hour and a half into the debate. It's like an hour and 20 minutes in to the hour and a half long debate. They get to the existential threat of climate change, right? And this is just, it, it, it's an admission that this is not a fucking problem, first of all. I mean, every time climate change comes up in a debate, it's hours into them. And yet they'll sit there with a straight face and tell you that we're eight to 10 years away from the turning point where the point of no return, where the planet's just going to be fucking destroyed forever. It's going to be uninhabitable for your children and your grandchildren and shit like this. And it's like, OK, the, maybe we should have led with that then instead of if this is such a big problem, why is it getting eight minutes at the end of an hour long debate? Like I said, anything that doesn't involve a conversation about nuclear energy is just total bullshit. I mean, and, you know, Trump made up the point correctly that it, we could, you know, get our emissions down to zero. We could get off fossil fuels completely and all just live in fucking uh, huts or something with no no commerce or anything happening. And you're still going to have China and India being the world's biggest polluters. So unless you get them on board with whatever Green New Deal you're going to come up with, this is all just meaningless. Biden's talking about we can replace fossil fuels with wind and solar, and that is just absolutely ridiculous. It's the dumbest fucking thing anybody's ever said. Like, you cannot replace fossil fuels with wind and solar. Believe me, we've, we've tried. We're not even, even if we uh, develop the technology, it, th those are not um, consistent enough for for the the amount of fossil fuels that we use to to fucking replace them trump fucking hammered him on on the wind too which is pretty funny he actually displayed a little bit of knowledge on the problems with wind but it's just the idea that you're going to replace fossil fuels with wind and solar is ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous nuclear energy is the only like 
viable thing that we could talk about in terms of clean energy, and nobody talks about it. And then Trump got Trump got him to uh, <laughs> he got him to admit that he wants to get off of fossil fuels completely, and hammered him on the whole fracking thing again. And you know, again, he got he got Biden to lie again, saying that he never talked about uh, banning fracking. He wasn't going to do away with fracking or anything like that. And Biden's like, "Oh, go ahead, play the tape, play the tape. Show me, show me where I said that." And it's like, "All right, dude. Here's a fucking like four minute montage of you saying it like thir- three, four different times." <laughs> We all know that he said this before, and I don't know if he just doesn't believe, if he doesn't remember saying all these things, or if he if he if he remembers and he's just straight up lying. Either way, it looks pretty bad. It looks pretty fucking bad when the next day the Trump campaign can come out with all these videos that you asked him to put together, <laughs> saying that you're gonna ban fracking. That's just I, I just thought it was a really bad night for Biden, a pretty good night for Trump. It could have been better. The um, you know, he had he landed some some pretty serious blows there. Man, if you get rid of the moderator and you just have these two guys on stage, that would be unreal. It would be unbelievable the amount of damage that Trump could do to him. It, it, like he would be he would need a fucking wheelchair to get off a stage just from being verbally abused. So I, I think this was the kind of debate that the kind of Joe Biden performance that the whole campaign was afraid of. This was what they were trying to avoid, you know, this entire time. And they were able to avoid it for the most part. Like the first debate, Biden did much better because Trump was just fucking interrupting him the whole time. This whole shutting off the mic thing, I think might have backfired. I think it backfired on the the presidential campaign commission or whatever, trying to keep things more civil or whatever their retarded excuse was. I mean, this, this allowed Joe Biden to fucking really just fall into himself a couple times. And you can definitely tell as the debate went on that Biden started to to lose <laughs> just to lose it. Like most of his his biggest his worst moments were toward the end of the debate. We're in the last like half hour or so. The first hour he was like getting along for the most part and then it just started to really start to unravel as the night went on. Now, whether or not this is actually going to make a difference in, in the presidential outcome, I, I have no idea. My gut tells me that, especially with j- just the way 2020 has been, that Trump is going to win re-election somehow. Now, every fucking brain cell in my body says, this is fucking impossible. Like, you look at the polls, they all look like, you know, pretty, good, pretty damn good for Biden. You look at the, the state of the economy. I always said, you know, if the economy fucking tanked, then that would be that would be the end of Donald Trump kind of thing. And yeah, I don't know how you handicap the whole fact that it tanked because of the coronavirus and the government lockdowns, but my brain is telling me that Biden is going to win this. My gut is telling me that I, I think Trump might pull this out and it's going to be like the perfect ending to 2020 is four more years of a fucking big orange buffoon in the White House fucking tweeting like a maniac. Of course, we're not going to know any of this for like a couple months after election night, and they get, they're going to get lawyers involved, and you know maybe go to the Supreme Court or something like that. So I don't know how much of an effect this debate had, but it certainly couldn't have made anybody really want to go out and vote for Biden. That that much I know, but they were probably already convinced to vote for him already. You know, most people have a, a bunch of Democrats have already mailed in their votes, something like forty five million now, I think. But as far as a, a Biden performance goes, like that was that was pretty bad. 
I think that was pretty bad. I think Trump's was good, good, not great. I think he had he had some really good exchanges, and I think he probably could have done better if you know he doesn't get cut off by the moderator thirty times because he had a lot to hit Biden with. And while he did get some opportunities, and I think he missed a couple of um, a couple of really good chances to hammer him. Most of those opportunities were cut short, and Biden was, was you know, uh, the moderator came to the rescue to salvage what's left of Joe Biden. I guess, you know, that is, uh, that's going to do it for my debate recap. I'm going to wrap there. I'm going to go get some lunch and maybe hit the pool for a little bit, and then I got the Lions of Liberty at 6 tonight. So that episode will air on Monday, I believe. And yeah, that's about it, guys. Hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, download and subscribe. Share the show with some friends. Give me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Uh, Follow me on Twitter, at Pedal Fiction. Don't forget to check out our YouTube channel. And you can support the show directly by going to pedalingfictionpodcast.com. And if you guys can do all that for me, I will be back maybe on Monday with a brand new episode for you. Until then, you guys know the drill. Just keep on pedaling that so-called fiction. Peace.